With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gid Nav Chavches, page 28. We begin three lines before the Mishnah. We said if it was found in some kind of pouch, so then, so the fact is that he knows that indeed it was his, it was the one that he lost, so therefore it's okay, he can take it, he can return it, he can give it to the woman. So, my chafisa, what's a chafisa? My rabbi Barchana, rabbi Barchana says, Chim asketana, it's a small flask. My tluskema, tlika desavi. What's a tluskema? So, it's some kind of small sack for, for elderly people. Masthesim, we begin the Mishnah. Amiviget, vihnichoi zakein, oichoile. Let's say a person is bringing, he's a messenger to bring a divorce document, and the person he's bringing it for is an elderly person or a sick person. So you give it over with a chazaka, you can assume that the person is still alive. Let's say you have a, a, a regular Jewish woman, Israel, who's married to a Kohen, and her husband went to, to a faraway land. So she's still allowed to eat from Truma. We don't assume that he's dead. But rather, we assume that he's still alive. Because only as long as they're married, as, as, only as long as he's still alive, is she allowed to eat from Truma. And the third case here that has to do with this is if, let's say, somebody sends a korban from outside of Israel and he wants to send it to Israel to be brought. So we don't assume that the guy who sent it died. Rather, we assume that he's still alive. And therefore, we can still bring it because if he, if he had indeed died, we're not allowed to bring a korban for a dead person. The Gemara begins. When we talk about an elderly person, we're talking about an elderly person who has not yet reached the age of 80. And the sick person that we're talking about here, because most people who are sick, they live. An elderly person who has already reached the age of 80. And a person who is on his deathbed, he's very sickly. That most of them die. So then, if he gives it over, so we have to assume that indeed the person had passed away already. If someone's over 80, so in those times, I guess you have to assume that he's already dead, and therefore you don't give over the divorce document. Aceve, I'll ask you a kasha. Abaye, Aceve, Abaye, Abaye, ask the kasha to Rava. Let's say he brings a get, and he left him, and he was elderly. Even if he was 100 years old, so if the 100-year-old, you know, he wants to divorce his wife, he's had enough of her, he's been with her for 80 years, it's long enough, so you can give over the, you can give over the get, you can give over this divorce document with a chazaka that, uh, that uh, he's still alive. So that would be a problem. So, because that's not like what Rav just said. So it would slug him up. Or you could say an answer. Kevin the Iflig Iflig. Now, since he got over the age of ninety, in other words, between the age of eighty to ninety, so then if a person sends a get, so we have to be worried. But if he got to ninety and he's still going strong, so if he sends it even at the age of hundred, we don't have to assume that uh, anything's going to go wrong that he's going to die. If he got this far, he's going to keep going. Someone who's strong, he can live that long. He's going to keep living. Rami le Abaye So. Abaye has the following contradiction tonight. We learned in the Mishnah. Maybe get If let's say you bring a, if you're a messenger for a divorce document, and you left him. And he was he was very elderly. who was sick. So he gives it over with the chazak. We assume that indeed he's still alive. I'll bring you a contradiction. Let's say a man says to his wife. This is your get, this is your divorce document, one hour before I die, before he dies. Asura miyad. So he's not allowed, she's not allowed to eat shuma right away if the guy's a Kohen. So we have to assume that he's going to die in an hour. At this moment, we have to assume that he's already going to be dead in an hour. So how do you, how do you resolve this contradiction? So here we see that we are Chayishal so we do assume that he's going to die. How can you bring a contradiction? How can you have any problems between Truma and Gittin? They're totally different. Truma Efsher, Gelai Efsher. In regards to Truma, so we can, we can, you know, we can, you can get away with it. It's okay. It's not so bad. You know, you let her eat something which is non-Truma. 
Tumas, so she can live with that. Get Layefsha, but a get, divorce document, how is she going to get it? There's no other choice, so therefore we have to say that the get is good. But for Truma, it almost sounds like we're just being Machmir. Really, by Truma, she could eat Truma. So, you know, for the same reason, because we don't consider that, we don't want to assume that he's going to die. But uh, Lamaisa, we're not going to say that because we're going to say, you know, let her just eat whatever she wants. Meaning, let her eat, she can get away with eating even something that's not Truma, so it's okay, it's not so bad. So then he made a contradiction between Truma and Truma. So now we know that the mission of Basi Kohen. If you have a Jewish woman, a regular Jewish woman who's not a Bas Kohen, not the daughter of a Kohen, who's married to a Kohen, her husband goes to Medina Sayyam. So our mission says that she's allowed to continue eating Truma. With Chazak, we can, that he, she can assume that he's still alive. Or Aminu, we bring this contradiction. He says, this is going to be your get. for It's going to be one hour. It's going to come into play. It's going to be enacted one hour before he dies, he says. So here's Truma, and here's Truma. And here we're saying that indeed we have to be Chayish Lamisa. We have to assume that he might, might indeed die. The son of Rav Yitzchak says as follows, There it's different because he's making it asr upon himself. She's, he's asring her, meaning it's going to be forbidden for her to eat truma already one hour before he dies. So what does that mean? What's the difference? So Rashi explains that Rav Adabrei, Rav Yisak, is saying that when it comes to, to Misa, we have to assume that he's going to die. We don't normally assume that he's going to die. But since we can always assume, hey, right now, when he's still alive, we, have to, we can always assume that, hey, he might die in an hour. So every single moment, right now, we have to, we're besuffic, we, we, we have a lack of clarity whether or, not he's, whether or not she's allowed to eat. That's how he says it. So Rashi explains that this whole answer doesn't really make too much sense. That's why the Gemara is about to ask. Let's continue. Masif Lord Papa. Papa says the following question. Who even says that he's going to die first? Maybe she's going to die first. So Abayas is like this. No, it depends. Our Mishnah, which says that we are not worried about death, which says that you are allowed, she's allowed to go and eat the, the Truma, because we assume that he's alive. That's Rabbi Meir, who says, we're not worried, we don't assume that he's going to die. But the Brisa that says that indeed, that she's not allowed to eat the Truma, that we, we see that we are Chayish we are worried about death, we are going to assume that he's going to die, that's Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanah, we're going to bring you the Mishnah, which we had earlier. Someone who buys wine from the Kusim, so he has to take off Truma semisers. The two lugan that I'm going to take off later, so that's considered truma. Asar my serishin, right? He's not actually taking it off now. He's going to take it off later. Asar my serishin, the ten is going to be my serishin, the first tithe. Tisha my serishin, the nine is going to be the second tithe. Umechal v'shoisimiyad, and he's mechal. He transfers the kedusha, the holiness of the my serishin, onto money, and uh, he drinks right away. So the Rebbe Meir, that's Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir says that we're not worried that it's going to burst and that he's not going to be able to take it off later. Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda, and Rebbe Yehuda, they all say that it's a problem, that we have to be worried that indeed later on it's going to burst. So we see that Rebbe Yehuda is the one who's chayish, let me say that it says that we're going to be worried, just like we're worried about a barrel bursting, we're worried about a person dying. And Rebbe Meir is the one who clearly says that we're not worried about a barrel bursting, we're not worried about people dying. Rav Amar. So Rav says, we turn the page to Chav Chesamah Bey, it's 28a, 28b, I'm sorry. Shema meis loy chashinan. Shema yomos chashinan. So he explained that there's a difference between, if we have to be worried, if we're thinking about, let's see, we have a, there's a concept called Chazak. A Chazak says that we, we assume that things are always at their previous status. So when we're talking about whether or not he died, so we don't have to worry that he died, because as far as we know, the last we knew, he was alive. However, we're talking about, is he going to die? So the fact that he was alive yesterday doesn't prove anything about what's going to happen in the future. Amar Adam Masna, 
asks Rabbi the following question: No, the case that we just quoted, the case where you bought some kind of wine from the Kusim, the Kusim, the Kuthites, the Kashema Yomasu. We're talking about something that's going to happen in the future. So how does the Chazaka from before? It seems that it will help us according Upligi, and they argue about that whether or not it helps us. So how can you Rabbi say that there's a difference between the past and the future about whether or not he died in the past or whether we're afraid that he might die in the future? Amar of Yehuda Midiskarta Shani Noid. Rav Yehuda Midiskarta says it's different when we're talking about this Noid, this this wine case. Because he can make sure he can give it over to somebody to watch and make sure that it doesn't burst. So that's why there's a difference between death, because death is not something that you can prevent. But whether or not this barrel is going to burst, so that's something that you can protect from if you give it over to some kind of guard. Maskefla of Masharshia. Masharshia asks the following question: Arvich Arvitzarich. The one who's watching it needs something to watch him, meaning the guy who's watching it to make sure it doesn't burst. So who says he's who's to guarantee that he's going to be there on the job twenty four seven and and prevent it from bursting? So it's not a good an- explanation, a good enough answer. Amarava. So Rava says Shemameis lechashinon. So Rava changes his answer and he says, in regards to whether or not he has died, we are not worried that he's going that he has died because we have a chazaka, we have a previous status. Therefore, we are not worried. Shemayamos tanahib in regards to whether or not he's going to die in the future. So that's a machlokes tanaim. So therefore, our Mishnah, the Mishnah that talks about a case where we're worried about perhaps he may have died, so there we're not worried, that's according to everyone. But the case in the Brisa that says that we're worried about he may die in the future, where he gave her a get and he says, you know, I, I want it to be, this get to, to take to take effect one hour before I die. So that case is talking about Shema Yamas in the future. So that's a Machalgis Tanayim, that's an argument between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir. Now we begin the Mishnah, Masnisen. There are three things that Rabbi Lazar ben Parta said in front of the rabbis. And they verified his words. In regards to a city that was surrounded by a siege, and a boat which is treading on very difficult waters, and about somebody who has gone out to be judged in a, ca- in a, ca- in a court case, for a death penalty. So as long as they haven't yet been judged or we don't know what the results were, we can assume that they're still alive. But uh, a city that was that was overcome by the siege, and a boat that was lost at sea, and someone who's already been, uh, they've already given him the verdict of death, so the wife of such a person is going to have the Chumrah of as if he's alive and the Chumrah of as if he's dead. Both stringencies, Bas Yisrael Kohen. So in a case where it's a Bas Yisrael is married to a Kohen, so she's not going to be allowed to, to eat Truma because we're going to assume that she, that she is, sorry, that he is indeed dead. Ubas Kohen, Yisrael, we're talking about a daughter of a Kohen to Yisrael, that as soon as he's dead, so she's allowed to eat Truma again. So we're going to assume that he's still alive and therefore she can't. Both of those cases cannot eat Truma. Gemara. The case that we're talking about here is we're talking about the verdict was given down, handed down by a Jewish court. But a non-Jewish court came in the Gamer Leidina Lekatala Miktel Katlile. We don't have to assume that he's still alive. As soon as the Gayish court, the non-Jewish court says that he's going to be killed, he has to have a death penalty, he's going to be killed. So therefore we can't assume that he's still alive. How can we assume that he's been killed already? Perhaps they received some kind of bribe and they're not going to kill him at all. So it's important that we understand that at this point in the Gemara, in this version of Rav Yosef, so a Jewish court, they're going to give him a chance. There is a possibility that he's going to stay alive because they're, going to do what, they're still going to do whatever they can to find some kind of reason why he did this and maybe he's not really chayev, maybe he's not really liable for death.
So, but so we're saying a, a non-Jewish girl also there's a way to get out of it because you could give them a bribe. So the Gemara answers no. Kishakli, when do they take bribes? Only before they've already signed the final verdict. But after they've already signed the final verdict, they don't take bribes anymore. Any place we have two people standing up and they're saying about a certain person, that he got his verdict. They're saying two two witnesses come and they say Ruvain he was liable already for death in the bestin in the court of of Bob. Plenty, plenty, Adov, and the, the the these are two witnesses who were there. So they testify about the whole case and they say that he's chayiv misa already. So they're killed. That person is killed. So what do we see? We see over here that the Jewish court also doesn't even. Why, we, why don't we assume that perhaps they got the verdict and they tried to and they figured out some way for him to get out of it? So we see that you don't assume that. So why are we saying that here either? So my answer is no. It was different where the guy ran away. Clearly, from the fact that he ran away, why did he run away? Why did he come over here? Because he's trying to get away from the verdict over there. They couldn't find anything to save him. Toshema, I'm going to bring you a proof. If you heard from a court of Jews that they were saying, Ish plani mace, so and so has died. Ish plani nerig, or so and so has been killed. Yasiu es ishtai. So they're allowed to go and take his wife, and she's allowed to remarry. Mikum trisin If let's say you heard it from the executors of a non Jewish court, Ish plani mace, so and so died. Ish plani nerag, or he was, he was killed. Al yasiu es ishtai. So that shouldn't, that's not going to be enough for us to allow her to remarry. So, so that's a problem with what Rav Yosef said, because Rav Yosef said that if it's a non-Jewish court, indeed we assume that they did indeed kill him. But here we're saying that it's not a good, good enough assumption. My mace, my neharag. So what is this case where he's been killed? Ilema mace, mace mamish. If we're talking about a case where he says that I saw him dead, the neharag, neharag mamish. And where we say that we saw him killed, means he saw him killed literally. The kavase gabayev the kachavim. So that would be the same exact case by the non-Jewish court. So why is it by a non-Jewish court that, that he's not believed? So why can't we assume that indeed that uh, we can marry off his wife? He should, we, we can assume that he's dead. That's what we said before. We have established that whenever a non-Jew speaks, you know, by the way, in a matter-of-fact way, and he's not, and he's not, you know, we're not trying to get information out of him, but rather he's saying it on his own, so we believe him. So it must be mace. It means that he's going out to death. That he that they're testifying, they're saying that he was going out to die. And what are we saying? We're saying that in this brisa, that indeed we can go and marry off his wife. Meaning that it's, it's enough the fact that we know that he was on his way out to die. In regards to a Jewish one, they're going to marry him off. So we answer, no, we're talking about where he literally has died. And he was literally killed. So we say, and this is what we said that in regards to the case of a non-Jew so a non-Jewish court that has killed him why don't we believe him we do indeed believe him when he's talking you know when he's saying in a matter of fact way no it depends what we're talking about if we're talking about a person that is, he has nothing to do with the, 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 the matter and he's, he's telling over something that happened so then fine then we'll believe him so if it's something that he was involved in, we're talking about here the executioner himself. He wants to show off. He wants to say, hey, look, I killed that Jew. So, you know, like, we don't necessarily per se believe him because he could be just making it up and, and he doesn't have that kind of mnemonics. He doesn't have that type of believability. But if we're talking about somebody who wasn't actually involved, a stam, a goy, a non-Jew, he's saying it, you know, in a matter-of-fact way, then indeed we would believe him. And we'll continue from here in the next Daily Daf.